Welcome to Podtification, the show where three pastors sit around displaying their sharp wit and their occasionally sharp theology. We hope you enjoy. Now let's get on to the show. Okay, well, welcome back to Podtification. We're on episode, oh my goodness, episode nine. I didn't even think about that until just at this moment right now. We're at episode nine, the last single digit Are you sure it's of Podtification. Are you sure it's nine? I, well, it was until you said that. <laughs> I thought it, I was trying to remember. I thought it was eight, but I think it, right. I think it, I think it is nine. I think it's nine. I'm pretty okay. sure we're at nine. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> episode nine, um, which is which is kind of monumental. We've made it. We've made it to the end of the single digits. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. I remember. Yeah. I remember my tenth birthday. Um, so I'm pretty. I'm looking forward to this week. Um, well, welcome back. We're very glad to be back here um, in in your ears or on your screen. Uh, thank you for sharing this next. 45 minutes or hour um, with us and, and listen to us. And, and again, we look forward to ha- having any um, comments or conversations based off of this uh, discussion that we have here. We have a uh, guest with us this week. Uh, Martha is here. Welcome, Martha. Thank you. Hey. Yes, uh, thunderous applause oh, for yeah. sure. <laughs> finally, finally, our, our listeners hear somebody that they actually want to listen to. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> so, Martha, thank you so much for joining us. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, thank you for inviting me, both of you. Um, so I am a wife, mother, and grandmother. I'm from Vermont. I enjoy long walks on the beach. And um, <laughs> no, I'm, I was born and raised in Vermont. I've lived um, out, uh, out west and down south, but um, Green Mountain Girl through and through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. Well, yeah, we're, we're, we're very glad to have you here. Um, and I know we, we mentioned this, uh, before we started, but I think it's worth just saying, you know, when we were talking about, um, folks that we thought would be fun to just have sit down and have a conversation about theology with, uh, Martha, you are one of the people that just popped into our minds because, because we have had, I know you and I have had, I'm sure, you know, the, the three of us together had many conversations about theology over the, the years that we've known each other which in my case is not that many years, but uh, I'm grateful for all two of them. Um, but we've had, we've had several conversations already about theology and about um, spirituality and about church um, culture and stuff. And I've always really enjoyed those conversations a lot. And, um, and I know Brent feels the same way about you. And so we're excited to have you on board. Um, yeah. For next- I was going to say, I would add to mother uh, Vermonter, I would add Bible teacher, and I've I've been trying within the past year to talk Martha into starting her own radio Bible uh, program. Um, maybe maybe it's it should be TV. I don't know. But uh, I, I, anyway, so maybe this is the beginning of something. So. <laughs> She's gonna get a taste for the microphone. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Thank you. That's Jesse and I have a face for radio. You have a va- face for TV and radio. <laughs> <laughs> uh it's funny so um well i think we'll we'll we'll, we'll move forward um uh, <laughs> good good yeah so so welcome martha um one of the things that we do every week and and i probably don't really need to introduce it anymore but um it does seem like because brent and i work together a lot of times our conversations are work related and just kind of like checking the boxes for what's coming up at church next Sunday or within the next 15 minutes, depending on how 
you know, far into Sunday we are just kind of working through kind of the planning, the organizing, and, and sometimes even study and stuff together. Um, but it seems like we don't always get a chance just to kind of check in and hear what's going on in each other's lives mm-hmm. outside of, you know, church life, um, what's mm-hmm. going on in families or what's going on personally and stuff. And so um, really trying to be intentional about this question as kind of ridiculous and as, as it is, it's still, sometimes I think sometimes are parts of my favorite parts of the show mm-hmm. um, is just what's big going on in your life. And so Brent, I'm, I'm fascinated to hear what you have going on, man. What's up? My, my life, that, to me, it's kind of weird that this is actually a hard question. It's like <laughs> nothing big happens in my life. So to use the word big just seems hard to mm-hmm. answer. Um, uh, my, I think I've alluded to this in my previous answers, but my mother-in-law is about three or four weeks away now from coming to live with us. So multi-generational family. Uh, so I'm kind of looking forward to that. Um, and uh, I think that'll be kind of a, a big change. My mother-in-law, for the record, loves me, I think, more than she loves my wife, actually. Um, so it'll be a good thing. You know, some people, their mother-in-law, and that's like a scary word. Not, not at all. Um, uh, she, she treats me better than she treats her own daughter. So I'm kind of looking forward, forward to that. And, um, and then Let me ask I you a question say, about this. Let me ask you a question about this. If because when you started this like this little paragraph here, I immediately thought um, like t- sounds like a TV show, right? Three, three generations all living in one house, mom moving into the basement, um, and at first I thought sitcom, you know. Yeah. Um, but then as you're talking about how she might like you more than she loves her own daughter, I thought maybe I'm maybe I'm making a conclusion I shouldn't make if your house was to become a TV show in a, in, in a month, what genre show do you think it would be? Bad reality TV. Bad reality TV. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you guys need a confession closet where you could go in and say, you know, say whatever's going on. <laughs> well, Lori and I, Lori and I, Lori and I can't not fight like in front of people kind of thing. Like we're in the neighborhood. Yeah. A few, like last week, she, cut some bushes that I really liked. And so I came home and she has the little, you know, blades cutting it down on a ladder, cutting it down. And I just couldn't stop. I couldn't stop being upset. And there was like neighbors across the street that could hear me. And I'm like, I just, I really literally could not stop. And so I, I, and so it'll be the same way with her mom here. And so uh, it is what it is. So it's bad reality TV. Hmm. Okay. That, that actually for, ironically, that's funnier to me. So I'm uh, looking forward to that update. I, you were going to say something else. I interrupted you. I apologize. Oh, I was just saying my life's getting back to normal at work. That's a, mm. a good, like the level of busyness is uh, uh, increasing, which actually to me is actually good. I, I kind of like, I, I, I prefer a busy life, but I, but I ha- have the tendency to make it too busy um, but I prefer to be busy, actually. So I think yeah. you've known me long enough to know that about me, that I actually I, I just do better. Um, I don't know why, but I just do better if I just have a kind of a, a busy life. kind of. Yeah, thing. there's a lot of things on your plate to, to yeah. track and stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, that contrary to the way you started that, um, there, there's a lot of big things going on in your life. And that, I mean, that does sound kind of like a lot to prepare for. Mm-hmm. Um, so at some point, I'll tell you about when – 
uh, my mother-in-law lived with Zoe and I for a little while. And that's an interesting story, but a story for another time, perhaps. Um, I'll go next, Martha, with your permission. We'll save the best for last. That's all right. What's big going on in my life. I'm going on a limb here, guys. I think this is going to be huge. Kind of a hot take. Uh, Love. I think I think people are really going to get behind this idea. <laughs> if you're going to say, are you going to say the same thing you said last week? <laughs> uh, I don't know. You weren't listening last week, so it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I'm actually actually it's funny, but but this is a genuine, 100 genuine um, answer. This has been really big for me this week. You know the idea that everybody gets like everybody um, receives or interprets love like in their own way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the love languages, love language. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, I feel like for whatever reason, I think God has been really like gracious in uh, inspiring people to speak to me and to communicate to me in a way that's really loving to me in the last like week or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like after, um, after church on Sunday, um, I just kept getting all these messages from complete like weird places that were really supportive and loving, you know, places like people that I like friends from New Mexico or people from here in Vermont that I just don't really know very well or whatever. And just like a lot of really like, like just, just loving statements, you know, and it was just so, it was so uplifting and so encouraging to me. Um, And that's, that's, that happened Sunday. It's been happening honestly for about a week. And, and that's really like, obviously that's really big and it's really like kind of just, just pouring into my life. And I love, I love that. <laughs> so words um, of affirmation, is that your, yeah. Opinion? Well, I think, honestly, I think if I was to make, maybe make it a little bit more specific, it's more, I guess it's like, I don't know. I don't know the, all the love languages. That's a confession. I probably should know them. Yeah, um, they're not in the Bible, but yeah, they're not in the Bible. So I only read one book. Okay. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, no, it's like, it's maybe, is it more thoughtful actions? Is that, is that one? Um, acts of service. Acts of service. Of maybe that's what it is. But it's like, just knowing that people like were thinking of you in like a meaningful way. Um, and so it could be through words, like these happen to be texts or whatever, emails. Um, um, but just knowing that people were like thinking about me, like mm-hmm. intentionally and thankfully in a positive fashion. Um, but just, just the fact that I was kind of coming across people's minds and they were grateful for me or whatever, you know, and that, that was just really like, that was just, just built me up in such a great way. Um, I will say just to kind of give that a little bit of a caveat, <clears throat> I feel like the Lord has done that for me before because he knew I was going to need it in the upcoming oh. <laughs> season. <laughs> and so, now you're gunshot. Like, Oh, don't send me that message. I don't want to get it. <laughs> Good. Oh, like, put your seatbelt on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like kind of giving me that ammunition to help me get through the next season that's coming. But, um, but I'm well, just now that you say that, Jesse, there is something I'd like to yeah, say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I mean, I, I, uh, I've been really grateful for that. And just like, just from un, unexpected places. Um, I just want one, one final shout out and then I'll be done. Um, our, our church, Daybreak Church, Brent and I uh, serve there. Martha serves there as well um, in all kinds of different ways. Um, but, you know, our church has been just like every other church uh, in the world, kind of navigating the whole COVID uh, stuff and have, tr- trying to figure out how to do community and still be honoring the Lord in our church work. Um, and I, I was just looking at the, like the pile of little notes that I've received from Daybreakers 
just saying, you know, thankful for our congregation, thankful for our church, thankful for, for, you know, the work you are doing or whatever. And, um, I have like a little stack of those notes, you know, and I just looking at that and thinking, man, that is so, that just builds me up. So I'm really shout out to our church cause I'm so grateful for it. And I, I love it. And, um, and just, and just, I'm, I'm on board with love right now. I get it. Great. <laughs> so that's, what's big in my, in my, uh, in my life. So Martha. Yes. Well, what's big in my life is, um, this past week, I had a coworker who was ill and another coworker who was um, out on a week and a half vacation. <laughs> so I was working, working, working. It was not planned uh, last minute. And um, it was a busy, it was really busy this mm. past week. And I'm glad for this week that I've rounded the corner and I'm able to breathe a little bit. And the other thing that's really big that's happened this week is I have come up with a plan to become wealthy beyond our wildest dreams. Oh, would you like to share it with us yeah. and our 10, and our 10 I'm listeners? Working, I'm, I'm working on the patent right now. So it's not, my idea is not stolen. Like the biggest loser. Right? <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I know. Brent's got, what is it? It's biggest. It's not biggest loser. Yeah. It was, it was, it, was a, it? it was a close, it was a name close to that. I thought it was called greatest, the biggest, greatest loser. I think I said I'm the great. I said about the yeah, greatest yeah, loser, yeah. and you thought I was the great. I was. It was yeah. the biggest no. loser. That's what it was. Hashtag yeah, Mark yeah. Great, greatest loser. Yeah. 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 Anyway, Funny. so yeah. what's happened is um, every morning I'm up early, having a hike through the woods, and the deer flies have been horrible, as Ooh. you all well know. The mosquitoes are okay; you can deal with them, but. The deer flies, there's no repellent against them. And so I was I like I had this my, is going. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So I had my poles in my hand and I was using the the you know the hand, the strap, yeah. kind of yeah. like a cow's tail. And I <laughs> came up with this idea oh. for a battery operated hat that had a cow's <laughs> like a cow's tail on the top that spins around to keep the deer flies away. Come on, you guys. Come on. Anybody who were any logger or <laughs> hikers, don't you think it's a great idea? Yeah. No. Okay. If you, yeah. If Just, you worked by yourself. I would wear it. If you worked would, by yourself. I would. It would not bother me. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to work on the prototype. So wait, we, there's already a prototype. There's the little beanie with the propeller on top, right? Yeah, so I have to get a rawhide tail. Multicolored thing. Is that what you're thinking? Well, but yeah, the, but I'm going to change the propeller to like a, <laughs> couch, like a tail. Let, you know, yeah. what, the, come, don't you think it's a great idea? I 100% it's a great, think it's a great wait, idea wait, wait, something wait. you should wear. Yes. <laughs> I, I think it is for something I'm you should going wear. To. I think it is a good idea. I, I do have concerns legally because what if it blocks your vision? No, it won't like, be that long. It won't be that long. So it just comes to your eyebrows. Yeah, it's 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 going to be spinning so fast that it won't hit your eyes. <laughs> oh, so it's spinning like like kind of above your like this. Right. Yes. Because once you have one spinning around the deer flies around your head, they they just you even if you start running, you can run for three solid minutes and they like follow you. Yeah. So anyway, I um I really think it's going to be a great idea. What are some potential just just any potential pitfalls with with this i can't other than aesthetics (laughs) you might be pegged as being kind of an oddball 
Well, you definitely it would have to have a chin strap because if you had any weight up here spinning, it's going to pull true. off. So that's, that's true. it's going to have to have a chin strap. For, well, for no, I think you could. You'd have to make it where it 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 just came to your eyebrows, but then dipped to your shoulders and then come back like like. Oh, that. it's got a brim. It's got a brim. Yeah, it's got a, it's got okay, a brim. Yeah. Of some it's got to have a brim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, eye protection. Yes. So, so anyway, you heard I mean, if people first. Yeah, if people wear a mask, I mean, it's not that big of a leap to have a swirling tail on your head now. So, <laughs> well, you see the people that have the six foot, the big pool um, noodles on their head yeah. to keep six feet away from people. Oh yeah, I have seen yeah. that. Yeah. Anyway, that's a bit overkill for the deer fly, but, but on the other could, hand, wait, 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 wait. The tail could be six feet long. Yeah, you COVID, could have COVID, a dual COVID edition. Yeah, COVID edition. <laughs> that's it. COVID hat. There we go. Yeah, yeah. A short yeah, one so. for the house flies and a long one for all the people. people. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, we're both on the pest hat. covered. Yeah. So yeah. That's that's yeah. that's big in my life. Well, I'm excited about seeing that idea lift off the ground. Uh, okay. No pun intended. Yeah. yeah. Well, well done. Oh, that's exciting. Truly I'm exciting. Thrilled. I'm thrilled. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm just trying to. Uh, trying to think of a name for it. Um, off yeah, the top of my off part. the top of my head, uh, actually. I can't come up with a good name except maybe off the top of my head, which is a pretty good name. <laughs> oh, for that me. actually, that actually is. I like that. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. I'll have to and give that, it a cut. I can yeah. see Dennis being a good husband and wearing it too. He, you know, can if you? anybody, yeah, if anybody would do it, it would be Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right. Well, thank you for that, Martha. That's exciting. We'll be looking for that in. It's like would be in like uh, Dick's Sporting Goods, probably. I was thinking uh, maybe like Walmart. Walmart. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Walmart. Yeah. Well, no, well, no. I mean, it's nothing wrong with Walmart. I just think that people would buy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think especially the COVID <laughs> edition, the six foot. Yeah, yeah. Yes, the six foot. Mm-hmm. All right. It could, so could have some healthcare ramifications. So we could be for sale, like you know, in a healthcare uh, in a drugstore. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i challenge you if you are if you are sitting here listening or watching to this and, and i challenge you to picture yourself with a like multicolored beanie on with a chin strap and a head and a <laughs> and, and an advisor with a six foot elephant's tail whipping around your head I challenge you not to laugh when you come up with that picture because that's pretty good <laughs> I, I challenge someone to try to build one. Oh, prototype. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, let's move along with that. With that image fresh in our minds. Um, speaking of coronavirus, um, I, you know, this is more of kind of a pie in the sky, kind of just what if. But I thought it's kind of a fun question to ask anyway, because um, because what else are we going to do? But I'll, I'll ask you guys. Um, coronavirus is over tomorrow. Quarantine is over tomorrow. Maybe even the bigger thing. Um, what are you doing? What's the first thing you're doing? Who who's who's there with you? I, I, my answer is very pastoral, uh, and but 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 true. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I was in Louisiana, I really enjoyed going to different churches, like different flavored churches, for lack of a better word. Um, <laughs> well, especially when I'm out, you know, on vacation or whatever. And so I just like going to I like going to church. Mm-hmm. pastoral bias, 
but I like going to other churches too. And so just to go to another church service uh, where it's normal, you know what I mean? I think that's, that would be my thing I would want to do first kind of thing. Wait a minute. I I just want to make sure I heard you correctly. Um, Make sure that the rest of our leadership is listening. The first thing you would do if you were given the chance is go to a different church. Um, yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, I, I you just and I have used... a different definition of pastoral, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean like what I, I, I had that memory fresh in my mind because I just was traveling. So, mm-hmm. I just, yeah. Uh, so. so, so you would go, you would go to a church service. Yeah. And, Normally, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like with with all the kind of restrictions and stuff removed, that would be the thing that you would want to do the most. Right. Like, I mean, for example, this Sunday, and this is the truth, I hugged somebody, but they hugged me because I hadn't seen them in like two years, maybe mm-hmm. a year and a half. And that was so awkward. And so, and it, even maybe I was wondering, it was the end of a service. No one was really sitting there, but I was just thinking, was that the right thing to do? You know what I mean? I don't even want to have to think about that. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, just a weird situation. So. Yeah. What about you, Martha? What, what's the first thing you'll be doing tomorrow? Yeah. That I, I've been thinking about, you know, when you can't do something, that's when you really want to do something. Mm-hmm. So I, I was thinking, I mean, I certainly miss, you know, gathering in groups with friends and not having to think about um, restrictions. So that's that's probably a biggie is just sitting in a coffee shop with a friend talking. Mm. I do. I really miss that. Um, we, you know, you can still do that, um, but not sitting in a public place where there's people milling around. And so, yeah, I've missed that. And um, I would, I would love to jump on an airplane and go travel somewhere. Yeah. I think that I definitely have the travel bug. I think this time has, hasn't it uh, really stripped us down of things that aren't essential or that don't matter. And suddenly things become more clear. What, you, what does matter and what you'd lo- who, who'd you like to visit or where you'd like to go or things mm-hmm. you'd like to do. And um yeah, things have become a little more clear that way. So, those are good answers. Uh, I, I'm actually I had a little bit of a hard time coming up with a, mm-hmm. an answer to this. Um, seems like seems like here here's what I, I think what it was is every every option that I came up with was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like oh yeah, I definitely want to do that. Oh, I definitely want to do that. Uh, tra- both of those, honestly, both both what you said very high up on my list. Traveling, mm-hmm. I. I uh, very much miss not even going far, but just going it, being able to go anywhere. Um, um, church, church uh, service, especially like kind of a back to kind of normal service. I think that's, that's probably would have been my answer if you hadn't said it, Brent. Um, I totally agree though. I think that's, that's something I miss a lot. And, uh, just, just the kind of doing it without any, like, without really any care about shaking hands or, you know, tapping people on the shoulder or giving hugs or whatever. Like it's, a, it's hard to imagine how a life without be, like questioning that physical contact. Right. Mm-hmm. What about you guys? Every time I watch a TV show and I see them like I know. place or giving hugs or whatever, I think, Oh, I know when this was filmed, you know, <laughs> um, uh, 
I think my mine honestly probably going to a movie. I I, mm-hmm. I really I miss being able to just go to a movie theater and just have yeah. popcorn and not worry about it. And um, one of the last kind of public things I did before before kind of lockdown happened was, was go to a movie with a bunch of the teens from our church. And that was so much fun and it was just such a good time. And, and, and I think probably I would, I would probably go do that again, but probably with the, no, not even, I probably honestly not with the family because I've been spending a lot of time with them, but <laughs> probably, i probably do that again with the teens from our church. I think that was just so much fun. I miss, yeah. I miss doing stuff like that. So sure. Um, that's a good one. I think that's probably what I would do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm surprised they haven't tried to open the cinemas. Uh, I, I don't heard. even know. Yeah, I don't even know if they are or not. But I just think it would. Even if they were, it probably wouldn't be the like same. A, like a good experience, you know? No. Yeah, I mentioned I mentioned going to the gym, which already is not a very good experience for me. But just going there and like, like it's just so hard to figure out what you're doing with like half the things shut, like all the like half the machines are roped off. You know, it's just such a bizarre. Um, like a bizarre experience, even though you're technically there, it just doesn't mm-hmm. feel the same, you know? Yeah. Um, all right. Well, um, good, good answers. And I'll, I'll invite you, you know, as you're listening, if you have an answer to this um, that we didn't think of um, definitely uh, Brent mentioned to me, he's willing to take the best suggestion that's in the comments and just do it. No questions asked. So mm-hmm. if, if you are able to, to give a suggestion here that, um, that we think is the best one, Brent, we'll just have to do it. Um, Absolutely. And, yeah, he's just going to have to do it. We'll film it and it'll be up there. So um, if you think of something to do when quarantine is over, uh, something for Brent to do, um, mm-hmm. uh, we'll, we'll make sure that happens. I think maybe just drink a, drink a regular Coke, mm-hmm. not, not diet, non-diet Coke. <laughs> I'll be at another, I'll be at another church. So I'm not, that's right. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, so we'll move forward now to our time. Uh, you know, typically we, we have a chance to discuss, um, um, articles or or kind of thought provoking subjects when we get together. And I think that's one of my favorite things to do. Um, Brent with you and Martha with you also, I'm really excited to have it, have that chance to do that. You know, last week we had a a chance to do that with Eric. I just thought that was really fun looking forward to doing this today. Um, the article section <clears throat> an excerpt from a book, but it was published in faith gateway. Um, this was actually, honestly, I, I don't know if I mentioned this to you guys, this was sent to us, um, by somebody listening to our podcast who thought this would be a fun thing for us to discuss. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I'm grateful for that. Thank you for sending that. And I think it is going to be a, an interesting uh, topic for us to discuss and for you to listen to. Um, mm-hmm. once again, I'll make sure to, to post the link to this article, um, in the description of the podcast and in the video. Um, so you can access the article in its full content. We won't read all of it today, um, but you can just go ahead and read through it at your leisure. Um, it is uh, an excerpt from a book by a fellow named Brant Hansen, which um, you might recognize. He actually is on the radio here in Vermont. His syndicated program is on, on the radio. I think it's every weekday. Um, Mm-hmm. And uh, he's written a couple books, um, pretty successful radio guy. Um, and uh, he wrote this book, I believe, and the title of the book is Unoffendable. The title of the article is Being Undefendable, Unoffendable, The Ridiculous Idea. So I'll read a couple excerpts here and then ask some questions and we'll kind of make our way through the article. Okay, guys? Mm-hmm. All right. That's good. Um, I'll just preface this saying he writes in a pretty conversational um, 
manner. So I'll try to be very clear when I'm quoting him and when I'm speaking for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is a quote. Okay. So this may sound like the dumbest thing you've ever read, but here goes. You can choose to be unoffendable. I actually heard a guy say this at a business meeting. And later on, he says, I remember the guy saying, it's a choice we can make to just choose not to be offended. Sure, right, man, choose to be unoffendable, just choose it, as if it's really up to us. I found this offensive, end quote. Um, uh, m- my first question, just right off the bat, I'm not even necessarily going to go with where, like, I'm not going to go down the rabbit trail yet, we'll get there. Um, my question to you guys that just kind of spurred from reading what this was, was like, what are ways that you intentionally control your emotions? So he's talking about the question right here is we can choose to be like unoffendable. Um, and the first thing that just ran through my mind is like, what are some ways, healthy, maybe unhealthy ways uh, that we, that we control emotions? I'm, I'm actually just curious about that with you guys. Do you, do you think you can, do you think it's possible or, or, or how do you do that? Um, maybe unhealthy emotions. I'm just curious. I think I, um, I can see the result of poorly managed emotions and Mm. I don't like the fruit of it. And Mm. so, um, I think that it's funny, Jesse, because I went back and listened to your sermon called good and mad. It was (laughs) done in February of 2020. And, um, you talked a lot about how anger is tied up with foolishness and, um, to be a person of discretion, I think only comes with maturity. Hmm. I've noticed things that are effortless for me now used to not be effortless. I'm not saying everything is, but I, I think for me, and I'm, I mean, I got a long way to go for sure, but um, I don't think there's good or bad emotions, but I think having discretion, there's Proverbs talks a lot about wisdom. Like it's, it's a glory to overlook a matter, a glory to, you know, to overlook. Mm-hmm. And so I think about that and I try to have that inform me. And a lot of times what helps me is to just stop, ask Dennis, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that. I mean, I have my moments where I completely mm-hmm. spaz out, but um, it's like, what is wrong with you? I don't have to ask Dennis. <laughs> I, I've seen that. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I, but I, um, I think so for me to answer that is to just stop and, I don't think it's wrong or bad to have and feel things that are ugly, but it's Mm. what we do with them um, Mm. that. So I don't have a problem expressing or feeling, but with restraint, but knowing that it's temporary, it's passing through, it's not going to stay. And I took to me knowing instead of stuffing and suppressing, that's the worst thing you can do. One of the comments that I think you had made uh, that, we can't deal with um, our emotions by, especially anger by patience. We, it's oh, almost yeah. something we have to experience and, and run it through and then move out. You know, David did that certainly in the Psalms where we see it all over the place. So that's a quick thought I have. I think that's good. Uh, I, your thoughts are good. I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate that too. I think um, just, just you mentioned this idea of like, like, step back Mm -hmm. um and not necessarily in in an effort not to feel whatever you know fill in the blank emotion 
mm-hmm. but just to acknowledge that where you're coming from might be from that place, right? And yeah. it might be from a kind of an ugly, you know, I shouldn't say ugly. That's a, I realize that may be more of a Southern term that people here don't understand. I remember saying that one Sunday morning, I said, you know, I said something ugly and people kind of said, what do you mean ugly? I thought maybe that's not translating here in Vermont. No, uh, so good, like, like, like a negative kind of uh, mm-hmm. emotion, it might be coming from that, might be coming from something else, but just to mm-hmm. kind of take a step back and realize, okay, this is where I'm coming from. I think that's really good. Um, just one of the, just one of the things I just thought right away, this idea of kind of sh- short circuiting an emotional response mm-hmm. and acknowledging it, um, which again, is not to say that we can't feel it. Yeah. But, but, but just to be aware of that, I think that's a really, I, I like what you said about just kind of a mature thing to do. Yeah. And I think of Tevia from Fiddler on the Roof where he like looks up at God <laughs> on the one hand, I will do that. And I literally <laughs> will talk out loud and I'll be like, what am I? Cause I literally will talk to the Lord out loud and say, what am I supposed to do right now? Hmm. I don't know. So that's good. That helps me. A little, like actually, actually talking to the Lord. I is, literally yeah. turn my head and I'm like, "Are you serious? What am I? How how do I handle this? What should I do?" Because hmm. uh, and it's kind of odd, but it it helps because I'm acknowledging I can't do. I don't have the answers. Hmm. That's good and good reference too. Man, I hadn't thought about that. Um, Fiddler on the roof. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't want to move forward, Brent. If you have anything to add, that I don't want to short circuit you well i was just thinking volitional will like like you do have you can't to martha's point you can't stop emotions and there's nothing wrong per se with emotions but it does seem that the lord's given us volitional will Hmm. it reminded me i hadn't thought of this to you to ask the question desi but um me and you were having a serious conversation about something in my life and something i thought this is how i'm going to react and you said to me um, well, I think you can decide beforehand you're not going to react like that um, because and that empowered me, you know, the, the, my volitional decision ahead of time. And so I think he's just pointing that out, you know, rejoice in the Lord always it seems to be an act of our volitional will that yeah. we have that we're capable of. So I, I think that's an interesting insight. Well, yeah, well, well said. Just that that going into a situation and saying like, okay, that you know, I, I know what's going to trigger here. You know, I know what's coming, um, and just being aware of that. I, I think that that kind of self awareness, biblical, of course, but also I think just um, psychologically very healthy. Mm-hmm. Let's let's move on. Uh, we'll get into a little bit more of what he's talking about. Um, again, uh, beginning to quote here. It's the taking of offense and the very presumption that I'm somehow entitled to be angry with someone that that's what I'm talking about. Surely there's got to be a place for, quote, righteous anger, unquote, against someone, right? Surely there are times we are justified in our anger. But what that guy at the, at, said at the business meeting did get me thinking because he was so obviously wrong. Since I call myself a Christian person... Wasn't I supposed to be angry at people for certain things? Isn't being offended part of being a Christian? So I did what any rational, fair-minded, spiritually mature person would do. I scoured the Bible for verses I could pull out to destroy his argument, (laughs) logically pummel him into submission and win. The problem is now I think he's right. Not only can we choose to be unoffendable, we should choose that. 
Um, my second question, again, without getting too much to his point, which I probably, I promise we are getting to, um, mm. I, I just found his like kind of an unspoken notion here of his process so compelling. Um, uh, going to scripture and allowing it to change your mind. Um, the way he kind of couches it is kind of funny and self-deprecating, right? But I think we oftentimes, I think maybe more often than we'd like to admit, we do go to scripture in order to kind of maybe prove ourselves right. And like with that notion, like I'm going to go to this and I'm going to dig in here and, sh and be able to prove you and cite some, some scripture here and prove you wrong. Um, he went to scripture with that in mind, but actually as he was reading it, discovered that he, he himself was wrong. <laughs> um, I, I think my question, because I, I um, honor both of you as what I would imagine, what I, I consider biblical scholars and, and biblically minded people. Um, how can we be sure we're approaching scripture in the way that we're letting it uh, influence us rather than allowing ourselves to influence it? Does, does that question make sense? Yeah. I mean, I'll jump in. I think that it's, it's all about, I think if you have fruit in your life that you are a person of discretion, if you are a person of wisdom, if you are a person that's um, feeding on the word, the, it's mm. the, the root of your life is going to bear fruit. Mm. I, I think that's how I would answer it. It's more of the trickle down, but it's the trickle up. It's, <laughs> it's the trickle up. It, because if if we're in the word, it's going to be, it has to transform us. It yeah. just does. It does its work. Hmm. I don't know if that's an answer, but. Well, I think it, it speaks to a, a way of honoring the word just in your attitude and your, in your baseline attitude that the word is your foundation Yeah, rather, rather than just a weapon. Yeah. And I don't think of it. I don't think of it more as much as an antiseptic. I think of it as a vitamin. Mm, like it oh, doesn't, yeah. I don't see it as maybe, and certainly it does. It is, it does treat cases or it does speak to us about specific topics, but I see it as more systemic. Hmm. In anyway, that's just the the way I look at it. But maybe Brent maybe has a a different idea. Well, I was thinking. I was looking up Second uh, Timothy three sixteen. I couldn't remember the exact wording, but all scripture in order to God. in order to prove yourself to be right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no, actually, to prove myself wrong. Uh, <laughs> in a way, seriously. But uh, it says all scripture is God breathed and useful for teaching rebuking correcting and training in righteousness um and then some say for teaching reproof and correction and i don't know how how i don't think you need to statistically look at this verse per se but my my first oh. pastor used to say if you look at that it gives two two sort of uh two of the adjectives to describe god's word prove us wrong one of mm -hmm. us one of them exhorts us the other two sort of correct us or sort of you know and that's so good. that's good so he didn't make this point but he says it just seems like maybe two-thirds of the time when we look at scripture we might want to let it be <laughs> teaching us Ooh. something so, so again i think you can't take you can't take that as a statistically 
exact verse, but it is interesting that it uses the word rebuke and correction about God's word for us. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so often subconsciously, I think we, we take that and say rebuking, teaching, correcting other people. Yeah, exactly. It's a tool for me to use to do that to other people. Yeah. Which, which to your point, actually, that's a tool God uses to do that to us. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well said, Brent. I, I, that's a great, man. That's good. Hmm. Um, let's, let's move along. Well, I'm actually going to get to the point he's trying to make here. Um, I'll finish with the last line I read here. Uh, the problem is now I think he's right. Not only can we choose to be unoffendable, we should choose that. We should forfeit our right to be offended. That means forfeiting our right to hold on to anger. When we do this, we'll be making a sacrifice that's very pleasing to God. It strikes at our very pride. It forces us not only to think about humility, but to actually be humble. Forfeiting our right to anger makes us deny ourselves and makes us others-centered. When we start living this way, it changes everything. A little bit later on, he says, a lot, lots of the Christian literature out there says I'm wrong. A typical example, this entry from an online devotional dealing with anger. The writer gives what I think is the reigning, what he, what I, uh, Hanson, thinks is the reigning understanding. Anger is oftentimes just what we need. There is a positive, even essential side to anger. Uh, The author of this online devotional writes, I doubt that we ever can accomplish anything fruitful when anger isn't part of our motivation on a certain level, at least. Uh, Going on to, to Hanson. When I talk about anger on my radio show, so many believers instantly go to the scripture about in your anger, do not sin, and then skip the rest of the paragraph. Why do we ignore that context, which is do not be bitter or angry? Um, Paul is saying clearly here um, in, in this verse in Ephesians that, yes, we will get angry. That happens. We're human, but we have to get rid of it. So deal with it now. We have no right to it. Um, I'm trying to outline a little bit of his argument here and a little bit of the, the, the points that kind of he feels like are made against him. Um, this idea that we, when, we, when we choose not to have the forfeiting our right to anger, is what he's saying, it's deny ourselves and make us other-centered. Um, it's pleasing to God is kind of his point. A lot of the, the literature, kind of, and I would say kind of popular Christian thought and even vocabulary, the way that we write and even one of the points he makes here, one of the ways that we oftentimes interpret scripture um, is that we have a, a right and to be angry. The anger is kind of a tool for the good. Um, I guess my question to you guys uh, is, you know, just in a, as a general kind of reaction, do you agree with where he's going with this? Um, do you agree kind of what, you know, his interpretation of Paul's verse here um, about anger um, and, and I would just, just interested in hearing your guys' thoughts about that. I, I, I get, go yeah, ahead. Martha. No, you go ahead. Well, I was just thinking, uh, to, to me, I, I guess I agree and disagree. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, my, my concern about it is that he didn't have time to elaborate on everything he was trying to say, but I was thinking if you just, uh, sort of suppress anger, um, and, uh, like to me, I, I, th- I thought it, it gave for lack of a better word and definitely not a biblical word. It gave the vibe of, uh, no anger is bad, you know, and, uh, 
You know, you just need to get rid of it. Don't yeah. don't let yourself get angry. Choose not to be angry. And, and that is a recipe for, <laughs> for a messed up life. Yeah. It really is. It's, for, it's a recipe for depression, actually. Yes. Because you'll repress that anger and then you'll mm. get depressed. And so I don't think he was saying that, though. I don't think he was saying repress your anger. Um, I was thinking, I think he was saying um, the anger of man. And he quotes, I can think the verse in James. There's just not a lot of good that comes out of our own yeah, anger. We're, we're going to get to that verse in James. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so, so I think that the thing that I sort of the sort of, for lack of a better word, disagreed with is there just a little bit of a lack of acknowledgement of how real anger is. Hmm. But I think he, I think he does try to look at the scriptures, and he makes a very valid point. I can't argue with him that if you look at the majority of scripture. Um, anger is not presented as righteous anger for the most part. You know what I mean? Mostly it's, you know, something that we need to get rid of or to deal with or to let it happen, but not sin to his point. So, right. Yeah. 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 I, I totally agree. I, some of his stuff I agree with and some I don't. He, to me, he leapfrogs over how to, he says, yeah. you shouldn't be and you can't be. But he doesn't talk about how to because we, we all know that we live messy lives and we all are going to experience um, offense. We all are going to experience hurt and we all have pride, which means we're all going to bump up against severe anger at times. Mm. And so um, oftentimes we are angry because we're hurt. So we have to learn how to deal with our hurts. And oftentimes we're angry because we have an ego that needs to be quelled. And so I think that to just call something, um, to talk about being angry, but not give the, um, the ideology behind why we get angry. Mm. Um, I, I just, I don't think it works. And I think I, I read one of his books. I, I know a little bit about his history and I think he's dealt with a lot of um, rejection. He, you know, he has Asperger's. I read his book, Misfits. It's something mm-hmm. about being a misfit. And um, yeah. I'm sure that he's probably experienced a lot of pain. And um, sometimes the pendulum swings way over. Mm. Um, and so maybe this is his pen. I mean, not to psychoanalyze him. I'm not trying to do that, but this could be a response, a pendulum swing to the extreme side because mm. he probably had to deal with a lot of anger and he was probably relieved that there was a, some relief for him in that. Maybe. Mm. I, I would agree. I think there's not, um, yeah, I think to be fair, this obviously an excerpt from a whole book, yeah. Um, but I agree in this, in this, it's much more kind of like an armchair kind of yeah. philosophy more than it is more than it is kind of application. Mm-hmm. Um, and I agree. I think it's pretty weak in that, in that regard. Um, yeah. to me, um, well, we'll get a little bit more, in, more into it here. Um, I think, I think his, his point about, about how, um, our 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 freedom to be angry as as Christians is so ingrained that we just naturally we know we sh- we know we get that we know we're allowed to be angry. Um, in fact, we feel justified in a lot of it. Um, I think his his point about 
about that being a lens through which we read scripture is a really, really good one mm-hmm. uh, that, that we should, we should be able to kind of, we should be able to question that um, and then allow scripture to make conclusions in us based on what we read there. Um, I think, I think that's a really good point. I, at the end of the day, I, I think I agree with you guys um, kind of uh, that it's, that it's either not really fully fleshed out or maybe his conclusions aren't as rock solid as he kind of, <laughs> kind of makes them sound here. Um, um, but I do think that it's a really good, that it's a really good point that, that you can read something. And I think he gets into it a little bit more um, in the next few paragraphs, but that you can read something as simple as, you know, do not be angry. And then, and then he, he, he references the, the, uh, the way the message translates Ephesians four, mm-hmm. um, which, which says, you know, you would do, do well to be angry, which is, which is so off base, you know, um, but we love to read stuff like that. <laughs> you know, we love to have that permission. Um, and I think that's a really, I think that's a really good point. Um, but I also, I think at the end of the day, so far, I, I kind of agree with you guys. Let's, let's continue on. And again, forgive me a little bit hard to kind of summarize what he's saying because he writes so conversationally. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm reading a little bit more from this article than I typically would. Um, but I'll go into this next part here. Uh, here's a quote, another fair question. And the one you're likely asking, which is this, isn't God allowed to hold on to anger? Doesn't Jesus get angry? Um, God is allowed anger, yes, and other things too that we're not, like, say, for starters, vengeance. That's his, and it makes sense. We're, we're not allowed vengeance. For that matter, God is allowed to judge too, and you're not. We can trust him with judgment because he is very different from us. He is perfect. We can trust him with anger. His character allows this, and ours doesn't. Um, I think this is kind of the, the linchpin of his whole point, um, that God is, God is simply ang- able to be angry because he's able to have that perspective. We don't have the perspective. We don't have the right really ever to be angry. Um, I don't know if there's really a whole lot to say about that, <laughs> but, but uh, unless you guys have other want to interject there, I'll move along. Well, I mean, oh. I, I just com- completely disagree that we have the, there are many instances where anger is the most appropriate response we could give. And if we're not angry because of injustice, if we're not angry because of abuse and neglect and famine, uh, I mean, our response must be passionate and it must be strong. And sometimes it's, it's angry when you see the result of children and the only rational response is anger. Mm-hmm. I, and that's not directed at it's that will propel us to action hmm. because I mean, anger, I, because I'm an, I dabble around with paints. I mean, sometimes black is a really good color to use. You need <laughs> black, you, you need, you need contrast. You need um, to use colors that, I mean, every, every emotion and color in the spectrum, it's what we do with it. Um, and that, now that we're speaking about it, I mean, what I'm saying is not all, it's not that some colors are bad right. as far as the, the color wheel. Okay. And so I think I loved uh, Mr. Rogers and how he helped children deal with anger and he would put them on the piano and he'd say, you know, bang the keys because we do, I mean, anger isn't the forbidden sin. 
It's not bitterness. Yes, if 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 anger uh, anger is an emotion, bitterness is an emotion that's gone too far. It's unforgiveness. That's that's mm. that's a sin. Anger is not. Mm. And I think there's a big distinction that needs to be made. And I think that for the emotional health of Christians, we need to we need to own na- we need to name what's going on. Then we can release it. But it, unless we uh, name it, we how do we let it go? Anyway, let me let me read the next paragraph here because um, I think he really speaks into what you're saying, and I think I, I think you you make phenomenal points there. Um, uh, we won't often admit this, he writes, but we like being angry. We don't like what caused the anger, to be sure. We just like thinking we've got something on someone. So-and-so did something wrong, sometimes horribly wrong, and anger offers us a sense of moral superiority. That's why we call it righteous anger. It's for the moral good, we want to think. The problem is righteous anger directed at someone is pretty tricky. It turns out I tend to find Brant Hansen's anger more righteous than others' anger. And that's because I'm so darn right. <laughs> I'm me. I tend to side with me. My arguments are amazingly convincing to me. But inconveniently, there's a proverb, which Martha, I think this is the one you were quoting, that says, you right, but the Lord will judge your reasons, Proverbs 16, too. So it's not just me. We all apparently find ourselves pretty darn convincing. Of course, my anger is righteous. It's righteous clearly because I'm right and they're wrong. Um, not really a fair statement, um, I think, about righteous anger. Um, it, it's kind of assuming a little bit, um, but I imagine both of you have thoughts thoughts about that. Yeah, to me, it seems like he's being a little more, more of like uh, personal, his, his personal offenses, yeah, I think he's talking about there, um, which, which are probably in many situations trivial. But, you know, to, to Martha's point, I mean, there's some things that – um, uh, that are so obviously against the Lord, His honor, and His glory, that it 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 would call it should cause us some type of of anger. But to to His point, the the author's point, you know, I was I was thinking about Jesus in the temple, you know, really being upset and throwing the tables, um, and you know, said, "You've made my house a, a den of robbers. My house should be a house of prayer." Um, he is right. I think the author is right in that, you know, Jesus obviously is Jesus. So he's really has pure motives. And so he was totally 100% upset because of God's glory and honor there. Mm. Um, so I think the, the take home message from that is, well, we need to look at our anger and just make sure our anger discern, do some discerning in our anger that we think is right and making sure it's about God's honor and glory, not about our own honor and our own glory and our own, the, all, the way it affects us. And I think about some of the ways that I get angry, even though I think, you know, maybe like a personal thing where I, I might, you know, I, I might think I'm right in the situation. Ultimately, my anger, if I'm honest about it in many situations, it's more about me. It's not about God's honor or God's glory or, you know, and so I think he's right. He, he's, he's making a, he makes maybe a little bit too strong of a point, but he does make a good point that we have to 
do some serious discernment to say we have righteous anger, you know, and uh, we're not Jesus. I would agree with him. <laughs> yeah. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I, I, I think um, the, the, the concept of, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's such a, in, th- in theory, it's pretty easy to draw some de- defining lines there and say, I almost feel like he's making kind of kind of a little bit of a of a Occam's razor kind of judgment here. Um, there is a there is a place where we could imagine you are safe to be angry and you're being righteously angry, um, but all too often, um, in fact, the vast majority of the times, I think you would say that's our, our own fool. We're fooling ourselves. Um, the truth is we're way more often angry for our own glory and for our own to satisfy our own ego than we are angry in, in righteous ways. I think the the trick is that we can kind of say, yeah, anger, theoretically, I should be justified to be angry. So I I get to be angry whenever I want. (laughs) Um, And I think that that is the point that we have to kind of draw the line. I think again, it's not the point that we have to like try to bottle up anger Mm-hmm. Um, but not to give ourselves just permission to, to vent it or feel it or feel justified in it um, and to revel in it, which I think we oftentimes will do. Um, well, to, to Martha's point, she said, and I think that, uh, the second article that he writes, and he probably does in the book, is how to. Well, how do yeah. we then overcome yeah. anger? Because we are going to have it. And so, Absolutely, 100%, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so how, how do we do it is probably – uh, the next uh, article. For he probably should have started with that because, you know, he should have imagined that this article is going to make people angry. Right, right. <laughs> I, I am angry. I am righteously angry. <laughs> righteously angry. <laughs> that he doesn't tell me how to get rid of my anger. He just tells me not. not don't don't have it. Don't have it. You don't really have righteous anger. And that really makes me angry. That's funny. I just, I don't see anger as being anything other than even like say self-pity or any anything that we might struggle with, I don't understand why it's it's in a class of its own here. It's 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 just it's just one of many things. We the glory of being a human being and the glory of redemption is. Hey, guess what? You're going to be angry, but now you know what to do with it. You get to go yeah. and tell your brother that you know they hurt your feelings when they said this, and I forgive you, and I for you forgive me, and. It's not that we don't experience it. It's now we know, now we have an antidote. We have a remedy and, you know, we have the elixir hmm. and we're still going to feel anger. And I, I just think anger is a gift. I just think it's a gift because it helps us to clarify what matters to us. And maybe that sounds weird, but I mean, we're full spectrum people. And especially we who love the Lord, we should be full spectrum people. Hmm. And that means we're going to feel things and we're going to make mistakes, but we're going to know how to handle them and what to do with it instead of trying. I mean, our ultimate goal is to be, be Christ-like. Was Jesus angry at times? Did he curse the fig tree? Did he, you know, drive out the money changers? I'm sure he was angry with Peter when Peter, uh, you know, I'm sure there were times where he felt anger. Was it sinful? No. Unforgiveness Yes, that's sinful. Bitterness, that's when you don't deal with your anger. I think that's I think that's the 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 red meat of the conversation is what if you don't deal with your anger and it turns into bitterness, you have a problem. That's the red meat of anger. 
That's the, that's where you have to, that's, that's the, the danger of anger is that it can go into bitterness and then, then you have a problem. Then you need help because don't you, we don't know you that feel, kills. Don't you feel like I, that, that the point has to be made though, that living in anger is something we can't do. Right. I totally agree. And I think, I think that's, yeah. that's, but I don't know if he would agree with that, but I think that that's, that's definitely one of the points I get out of this is that um, yeah. we need to understand that even though we could find some scripture that says in your anger, don't sin. And we say, okay, well, I get to be angry. Well, that's not really the message of scripture, right? You feel angry, certainly. Right. But first of all, um, I learned in that, that message back from February, mm-hmm. our anger has to be redeemed right, right. for its correct purpose. Yeah, because all too often I'm going to be angry at at whatever I choose to be angry at. God mm-hmm. actually shows us there is a specific object for your anger. There is an enemy that deserves mm-hmm. your anger, yep. <laughs> and it's not a person. Right. Um, Absolutely true. And I and I think that's a really important message for us to understand. Okay, okay, you're going to feel anger, but it has to be redeemed. It has to be dealt with. Right. Uh, you don't get to just sit in it. Yeah, I think that's the difference. And the difference is, does it characterize your life or is it episodic? Do you have an episode yeah. of feeling anger or are you an angry person? Those are two mm. very different things. Um, I had this quote, um, I think it was from that sermon, but it's, it's an, a quote about anger that I just really, I, I find really uh, defines it well for me. It's from a guy named David Paulison. Yeah. Um, and he says, anger goes wrong when you get, when you become godlike, your desires become divine law. Poke your way into every example of bad anger and you'll find someone playing God. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a really good just way of thinking about anger and the way that it can go badly and why it goes badly when we become the center of the universe. Um, let me wrap up uh, um, Brent's point here. Um, one a couple more paragraphs, okay? Okay. All right. Anger is extraordinarily easy. He writes, it's our default setting. Love is very difficult. Love is a miracle. Today, I read an article um, about anger and Martin Luther King Jr. The author quoted King's autobiography where he wrote, King wrote, you must not harbor anger. But that's not all. Even when attacked, King wrote King, we should love our enemies. The author did the usual thing and spun King's statement into something of an endorsement of anger, saying we should just make sure we use our anger constructively. King says, I must not harbor anger. The author says, I agree. Let's use our anger constructively. Um, And this is where I kind of thought of this. James 1, 20, uh, man's anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. Um, where, where this, this, the whole reason I read that was that we should use our anger constructively, um, which I think I, you know, reading that graciously, I think I know what they're trying to say, but I think it, it can be such a dangerous kind of, um, kind of self, uh, self-sustaining and self-justifying motive of holding on to anger and, and turning into bitterness and then allowing that to be your, your impetus in the way that you move forward. Um, man's anger doesn't accomplish God's righteousness and God's anger is directed at something we don't usually get very angry at. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's a really, I, I don't know. I think that's a, that's an important point just for me. I just, I wanted to mention that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have Job five, two here, anger kills a fool, <laughs> uh, and jealousy slays the gullible, um, which I just wanted to quote just to prove my point and be right. <laughs> um, uh, uh, is it okay if I move on? I, I, I just wanted to read that, that I thought that was an interesting uh, point there. Um, here's what I think. You guys are. What going, you think, or what the author? This is what Brand Hansen thinks. Quote. Okay, apo- apologies. Right. <laughs> um, quote. Upon hearing my ideas on anger, a radio listener told me, "I don't get it. Shouldn't we be angry at those guys in the news who beat up homeless people?" <laughs> Hansen continues. I don't know what. There must have been reference referencing something. I don't know what it is. And Hansen continues. Here's what I I'm think. A, I'm against that too, for the record. For the record, you're against beating up homeless people. Uh, exactly. Exactly. We should make a list of things that Brent, uh, that Brent is uh, against. Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, here's what I th- uh, uh, Hansen thinks. <clears throat> Given that we are to get rid of anger, interesting. Anger will happen. We're human, but we can't keep it. Like the Reverend King, we can recognize injustice, grieve it, and act against it, but without rage, without malice, and without anger. We have enough motivation, I think, to defend the defenseless and protect the vulnerable without needing anger. Um, I don't know that I really have much of a question about that. Um, <laughs> I just thought it was kind of an interesting uh, paragraph. Uh, it really kind of, again, kind of goes into what we've been saying all along. Um, which I think maybe we, we would agree enough motivation um, to defend the defenseless, protect the vulnerable without needing anger. But again, what do we do with anger and what is the appropriate way of using it? Um, or what is the appropriate way of dealing with it, I guess, of handling it, of expressing it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't know if I have much of a question to follow with that. I don't know if you guys have any comments addition, additionally, we might've said it all already. Yeah, the only one thing I would add is that, you know, the scripture about don't let the sun go down on your anger. I mean, I think that's, that is so important. And Mm. it has to be added, because that's everything. Mm. We can't let the sun we can't, we can't, that's the thing about anger is that we don't want it to turn into grudge. And we certainly don't want it to be a cancerous poison in us. And every day you carry anger, uh, every day you carry grudge or bitterness or rage against someone or something, you're poisoning yourself. And hmm. God told, hmm. he gave us that instruction. And I think it's the best advice you can give to a young married couple. It's the, the best advice you could give to a teenager, to an elderly person. I just think it's, it's really good advice. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Dennis tells a story. I've heard him tell it maybe twice about, in your marriage, if I can, uh, he said this publicly, so I think it's safe for me to, you know, <laughs> air it via podcast. But I think uh, you guys were in a quarrel about something, and I'm sure he was wrong and you were right. Uh, but yeah. but he, uh, he felt himself like, I think you guys were laying in bed at night, and he turned over and put his back to you. Yes. And uh, the Lord spoke to him and like, you know, I think maybe said something like you're being like your father or something. And you know, he, he realized it. And, um, I, I metaphorically feel myself 
many times turning my back to someone and I'm like, no, mm. I, gotta, I gotta deal with this. I got, you know, I can't just turn my back on this person and do not let the sun go down on your anger. I think of that first whenever I have mm-hmm. that, have that emotion. My only other thought about uh, Brandt's article is, and Martha alluded to this earlier about, you know, sort of as you grow and as a Christian, you mature. James also said, be slow to anger. And I, I kind of think this is simplified, but I kind of think of, you know, love and anger sort of being uh, in competition with one another. And, you know, love covers a multitude of sins. And so I, I do think as, as you grow in love and maturity, that you're more able to be slow to anger and to, uh, to I think you quoted the proverb about it's to your glory to conceal a matter or uh, overlook a matter, you know, love covers a multitude of sins. And I do think that all, that love thing doesn't work like linear. It's sometimes in areas of your life. You've grown in love in that area of your life. So that thing that happens or that thing that person does doesn't make you angry anymore kind of thing. So I, I do think part of Christian maturity is growing in love that sort of does away with anger in some way. Mm. That's my other, other thoughts. So. Amen. Good. I think it would, I think certainly it would do away with a lot of the anger that we relish. That's right. And the right? trivial personal offense kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, well said. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm really big. One more thing to add is that I'm really big on conserving energy and sometimes being angry is just like, just let go. Is yeah, it really absolutely. worth, I, it's a kind of like a conservation method. It's just like, are we really have the energy to be mad at everything all the time? It's like, does it really matter? Anyway, I, for me, it's about conserving energy. Yeah, I think I think that's that's so well put, Martha. I think I, it makes me tired listening to people who are. You know, it's funny. I as complete aside, um, I happen to catch. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld has a, has a new stand-up routine on Netflix. Yeah, I saw that. I, I, I love Seinfeld. I think he's hilarious. Yeah, but I, saw I watched about half of it, and it's just a whole half hour of him complaining about everything and just <laughs> how terrible. And that's kind of his thing, but yeah. just seeing how terrible everything is. And and it was funny. Like I was laughing at it, of course. Yeah. But after about half an hour, I just stopped and I thought, man, he has not stopped complaining about like literally every subject he covered he talked about how terrible it was from from friendships to to food like everything everything was just terrible and honestly um uh his last his last thing was talking about how um how we always say somebody died doing something they loved you know and he said well i don't want to do that i want to die doing something i hate <laughs> then at least I'd be done doing it. You know, <laughs> it's so tiring to think about life that way. <laughs> Just like to your point, Martha, like it don't it, it wears you down, man. It, it's mm-hmm. like a it's just like like a file against your soul, and it just wears mm-hmm. you down, and it's tiring, mm-hmm. and it's not how we were created to live. Um, I was just thinking, you should uh, when you um, edit the podcast, you should end with "Let It Go" from Frozen. Let it go. <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be okay if I never heard that song again. <laughs> yeah, me too. I have kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, um, once again, we'll put the link up. I, I recommend, I recommend this, this book. I read it um, years ago, um, but I thought it was really fascinating. I think Hanson's a great author and a, and a strong believer and uh, a, a kind of just a good voice in our culture these days. 
Um, whether or not you agree with him, I think it's a good read. And he has a couple other books too, which I, I would recommend, but we'll put the link to this article um, in the description so you can have a look at it um, uh, yourself. But thank you guys for discussing it. Um, we have one more just uh, quick question before we wrap up. Um, a little bit of a, a testimony time. Um, I'm going to end every podcast now with this question. And it's just something, um, Brent, you mentioned uh, at the beginning of the podcast when you asked what's big going on in your week. And you've said, like you said, this gets to be kind of the hard, like a hard thing for me because there's not, I, I like that. I like having to look through my life and think like, well, what's going on in my life? You know, what, what am I about? You know, cause I agree with you. Sometimes it comes like immediately and I know exactly where, and sometimes I think, I don't know. I have to really, I have to really think about that answer. What happened in my life in the last week? This is kind of in that same vein, um, but more in uh, kind of acknowledging the presence of the Lord. Uh, I, I'd like to just kind of take just the last few minutes um, and hear where you guys saw the Lord this week. Um, all three of us, I, I have one myself, but something we can share with one another, but also with anybody who happens to be listening all the way to the end of this podcast to get this extra little bonus. <laughs> um, where, where did you guys see the Lord in the last week? Just some, something personal or, or whatever. I'm just interested to hear it. I'll, sh- I'll share mine first since I, since I brought up the question. Um, for me, it was, it was uh, seeing the way God um, provides community and, and has, has created us with this ability and love for community. Um, and, and some of us is greater than others. Um, but being in our church building, um, you know, we've been doing church um, either online or in a parking lot. In the last three weeks, we've actually gotten to do church together, um, celebrate worship together in um, some of us in a room. We're still doing it online and stuff like that. But for the first time <clears throat> in a couple of months, we were able to have some people in a room together and, um, I I'd almost like every, the last three weeks standing in there and hearing God's people singing and worship um, has just about brought tears to my eyes. I, I honestly, I can't really explain the feeling there, but hearing God's people worship, seeing God's people gathered together and just being in that place and feeling God's spirit there. Um, that was so, it, it just, it just, it just overwhelmed me um, mm-hmm. and just such an incredibly beautiful reminder of the way that he is so faithful in that regard. Um, and so for me, that was, that was, it's really been the last three weeks, but, but especially this last Sunday just kind of hit me, you know, I was kind of overwhelmed. So mm-hmm. I would say that that was the big one for me this week. Beautiful. How about you, Brent? Well, I'll let you go first. Okay. Um, two, two little things. Um, not little one. I received a, call yesterday um asking me to uh, speak at a women's conference so that was really cool, cool. and um it's going to be done over zoom but it's um, an african church in the area so cool. i was really grateful to the lord for the opportunity to share and um the other thing is because i've been working so much i feel like i've just been serving 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 in other places and um I was going to get together with a friend after work tomorrow. And um, I said, well, I finish at 530. I can be at your house by 630. She said, tell you what. She said, I'm going to get your favorite takeout. I'm going to get takeout and I'll have dinner ready for you. And we'll just have a nice evening sharing. And I'm telling you, 
it made me cry. It makes me cry just thinking about it now to be cared for by someone mm. in such a thoughtful way. Mm. Mm. It was really nice. So I, I really received it as a blessing from the Lord. Wonderful. Hmm. So, um, you know, I, I was just, uh, I would say, you know, you talked about this in your sermon on Sunday, the refining that God does. And I, if I look back at the pandemic, um, uh, I just felt like God's done some refining in me. Um, and that uh, that's none of your business exactly what he's done. Uh, uh, but it, I, the paid I subscribers feel- will share that. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Continue on to the paid subscribers. And you can see what, Brit, what stints Brent has got rid of this past pandemic. Um, but, uh, no, I just, I, I don't know. I do, I do feel like there's been some refining in my life in the past few months, uh, that only happens when your life is sort of so different, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, mm-hmm. so. Uh, praise, praise God for that. Amen. that. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we'll, we'll end it there guys. Um, Martha. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you, Martha. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, well, yeah. really appreciate your wisdom and insight and, and uh, just this time with you. So thank you for that. And, Brent, and don't don't tell Sean, but we would both much rather hang out with you than Sean. So uh, <laughs> just, just, just want to say yeah, that. Just between the three of us. Uh, just between yeah. the three of us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brent, always good to see you. Thanks for, thanks for joining in. Um, and those of you uh, watching and listening, appreciate you. Thanks. Of course, I should probably make sure I say this more often. If you do have questions or articles, things you want for us to discuss, they could be spiritual questions. They could be inane, uh, silly questions that you'd just like to hear us talk about. Um, we love to hear the stuff like that. So go ahead and email it in. You can um, post it uh, on the Daybreak Facebook page or email info at daybreakvermont.org and, and we'll get to those questions Um when we get them. So thank you so much for listening. And uh, I reckon we'll see you next week. All right. Bye. Thank you guys. <laughs>